Thanks, Rob, and good afternoon, everyone. It's wonderful to be with you today. My name's Tom. As Rob said, I'm an ordinand at Ridley Hall, studying to be a vicar there. And before I was at Ridley, I taught history on a council estate in the Midlands. And it's wonderful today to come and share with you from Psalm 46, those wonderful first two verses. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And I can remember all too clearly my first term as a teacher and the fear that I felt as I faced that classroom of teenagers on my first day. I was straight out of university myself. I'd had very little training and I was put into a classroom to face 30, 15-year-olds, bottom set, year 10, teaching geography. And I was terrified. And the fear that I felt was just this thought recurring in my head saying, what happens if they call my bluff? What happens if they just say they won't do something? If I ask them to be quiet and they keep going, what will I do? And I really struggled with that um, set teaching, bottom set, year 10 geography. The whole of my first year as a teacher, it was a battle every lesson to try and keep control of the class in order to try and teach them, in order to keep behaviour for learning accessible. And for me, the head of department, my boss, Nick, was an ever-present help in that trouble. And every time when I'd be struggling with the class, Nick would come by in the corridor, he'd walk in, and as he appeared in the classroom, as if by magic, silence would fall. I don't know how he did it, it took me two years of teaching to get anywhere near that effect. But every time that I struggled, Nick would come in, he'd take out the troublemakers, he'd put the fear of God into them, he'd give me good advice, he'd help me with planning my lessons... As I approached the terror of teaching that year 10 class, Nick really was an ever-present help. And thinking of him really helps me to understand what our psalmist is talking about in our passage today. That no matter what we have to fear, the encouragement that God is with us, an ever-present help, enables us to face whatever those things may be. And we all fear things. For some of us, it may be financial issues, bills, uh, pension, income, cash flow. For some, it might be relational, to do with our family, our children, our grandchildren, our friends. For some, it might be personal issues to do with health or sickness, the fear of death, the fear of loneliness. We all fear different things at different times. And in the face of our fears, what are we to do? We can seek comfort from others and take solace in friendship and family. More negatively, sometimes we can get trapped in our own heads, trapped in our situation, and unable to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And what our psalm encourages us today is that whatever the fears that may beset us, God is with us, an ever-present help in trouble, and he is in control. I know that certainly helps me as I think about my fears. It certainly helped the Israelites too. This psalm written in ancient Israel, the Israelites were often in trouble. They were constantly invaded by the powers around them, from the Philistines, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Seleucids, the Romans, continually invaded, conquered, enslaved. The first stanza of our psalm, talks about the fear of the natural world. We will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. They speak 
of the fragility that the Israelites felt in the face of a natural world that was often hostile, order preserved from chaos, but constantly under threat. And verses 6 to 9 give a picture of the warfare that surrounded them. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, God lifts his voice, the earth melts. For the Israelites, the comfort that they had in the face of fear that's expressed in Psalm 46 is that God is with them. Do you see that refrain in verses 7 and 11? Both verses, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so for us too today, let's be encouraged that whatever fears we face, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So in the first stanza, then the Israelites, uh, the psalmist expresses this, expresses this hope. God is our refuge. He's an ever-present help. We will not fear. In the second stanza, we really understand what his grounds are for his confidence. I'll read those verses, verses 4 and 5. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. The psalmist's confidence is that he is in Jerusalem, the city of God. He is in the city of God where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to visit Jerusalem. I had the opportunity for the first time this Easter. And if you've ever seen a picture or been to Jerusalem, you will know why the Israelites could have felt such confidence hiding away in the city of God. Jerusalem is high up in the mountains, with valleys falling down on three sides, the Kidron and Hinnom valleys. Now the old city has got huge walls built by the Ottomans, but even in David's day, it was a mighty fortress high up in the mountains, a stronghold to be safe within. But in verses 4 to 6, it's not actually the strength of Jerusalem's walls or its mountain location or the valleys on either side that the psalmist expresses confidence in. The psalmist expresses confidence because God is within Jerusalem. The city of God is defended by God himself. Jerusalem was home to the temple, the place where God himself had said that he would place his name, the place where he himself would dwell. We're told in Chronicles that when the Israelites first consecrated the temple, the glory of God fell like a thick cloud in their worship, and God made his presence tangibly felt. The psalmist's confidence in the face of fear, whether natural disaster or enemy invasion, is that he is in the city of God, where God dwells, and that God will help her at break of day. But what does that have to do with us? We're a long way from Jerusalem, and we don't normally fear natural disasters or enemy invasions so much. Well, we too are safe in God's city. You see, the city of God in the Old Testament normally refers to that geographical city, Jerusalem, in Israel. But it's also a metaphor for God's eternal city, the place where God dwells and rules, the heaven the kingdom of God. And we may not live in Jerusalem in the Middle East, but we are citizens of God's heavenly city. And we can say with even more confidence than the psalmist that God is with us and we need not fear. After all, the physical city of Jerusalem did eventually fall 
It was destroyed by the Babylonians when they took the Israelites into slavery. It wasn't such a secure stronghold, after all. But the heavenly Jerusalem, where all God's people will one day live, is far more secure than that. And if we are Christians here today, then we have trusted in the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross to pay the price for all of our rebellion against God. If we are Christians here today, we have been adopted by God as his children and welcomed into the people of God, the church. We are citizens of God's city, the heavenly Jerusalem. And we can have complete confidence, as this refrain says, that the Lord Almighty is with us and the God of Jacob is our fortress. For me, this encouragement that God is with us is summed up more than anywhere by the story of David Watson, who has been a real influence on my life through reading his books. David was a vicar in England in the 1970s and 80s, a very gifted evangelist who travelled the world speaking to thousands of people about the good news of Jesus Christ, a gifted church leader and a deeply godly man. At the height of his worldly success, David uh, contracted cancer while he still had young children, far earlier than any would have expected. And he wrote this book, Fear No Evil, to talk about his battle with cancer far younger than he would have expected to contract it. I'd like to read you some of the last words that David ever wrote. For whatever reason, everything seemed to get worse. The asthma persisted, so I slept badly each night. My legs, ankles and feet blew up like balloons. My abdomen grew at an astonishing rate. I looked more dead than alive. God hasn't done anything for David, people are now beginning to say. We've prayed and prayed, and nothing has happened at all. Medically speaking, that seems to be true. I am a fairly typical cancer patient with secondaries in the liver. Temporary remissions may occur, but then everything may suddenly explode. There is no doubt that my liver has considerably advanced, and the cancer continues to grow. But God has been far from inactive in my life. About 1am last week in the morning, I had a bad asthmatic attack. In my helplessness, I cried out to God to speak to me. I'm not very good at listening to God, but between 1 and 3am, God spoke to me so powerfully and painfully that I have never felt so broken before him. He showed me that all my preaching, writing and other ministry was absolutely nothing compared to my love relationship with him. In fact, my sheer busyness had squeezed out the close intimacy I had known with him during the first few months of the year after my operation. Whatever else is happening to me physically, God is working deeply in my life. His challenge to me can be summed up in three words. Seek my face. I am not now clinging to physical life, though I still believe that God can heal and wants to heal but I am clinging to the Lord. I am ready to go and to be with Christ forever. That would be literally heaven. Father, not my will, but yours be done. In that position of security, I have experienced once again his perfect love, a love that casts out all fear. David wrote those words in January 1984, and he died two weeks later. 
And whenever I read and reread his autobiography, I am struck by that confidence that knowing that the God of Jacob is with us, that we are safe as members of God's people, even death loses its sting and we need truly fear no evil. Then our final stanza speaks to the fact that God is in control. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Will we accept that invitation today from the God who is in control of all things, the God who is with us, who says, be still and know that I am God? Whatever the fears that beset us, whatever the worries or challenges that we face, today, this afternoon, the Lord is inviting us to be still and know that he is God. For me, this becomes real when I think about looking for a curacy for a job next year. In June, I'll be ordained, and I would very much like someone to employ me at that point. And just on Friday, I had a phone call for a job that I had applied for, and we were unsuccessful, and so we're not going to be going to that church. And as my wife and I pray and seek to work out where God is calling us next year, there's some worry, there's some anxiety wanting to know where we'll be. And reading this psalm is a great comfort to me, knowing that God is with me and that God is in control. And I need not fear, for he will take me where he wishes to. God is with me and he is with you. We are twice his because he created us and he bought us at the price of his own blood on the cross. He rules the earth from his heavenly city. And at the last day, as verse 10 reminds us, he will be exalted over all rulers and powers and dominions. He is in control and he is with us. We are safe within God's city, not a physical place that will one day perish, but the eternal city of God's people, saved by his son, safe in his presence. What situations in our lives do we need to trust God with today? Will we accept his invitation to us? Be still and know that I am God.